As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Folks, welcome into Onto Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma. Patrick Mooney is in D.C. covering uh, this series against the Nationals. This joyful, wonderful, awesome, perfectly executed series against the Nationals. Uh, we're here to talk some Cubs today, and I will feel fairly spicy throughout, but I will try to keep it, um, you know, generally family-friendly. Although, I, I don't know if we explicitly you know using that word in both senses have to be but I'll, I'll try to keep it within reason um okay so let me let me set things up this way you mentioned Zahadev before we were recording and I think you're right that uh even though we are recording this Thursday morning so it is uh just shortly before the finale of this four gamer against the Nationals um there's nothing that could happen in this concluding game of this seven game road trip that is going to fundamentally change what we would say about the state of things right now. Now, of course, somebody could get hurt and that would alter what we think going forward. But in terms of evaluating what's been happening, I don't really see anything uh, changing here on Thursday, especially because there have been no uh, particular transactions to discuss. Uh, so let me frame the discussion this way then Wednesday night's loss, another one run loss, Another loss where the Cubs had almost innumerable opportunities to score more than one run and did not do so. Um, And specifically, you had a ninth inning where Seiya Suzuki and Trey Mancini singled to open things up. Cubs are down one, so you've got first and second, nobody out. Eric Hosmer coming to the plate. He, the designated hitter for this game on Wednesday, he selected specifically because of his bat. That's what a designated hitter is. And of course, one may question the wisdom 
of Eric Hosmer, who has not been an above average hitter overall for five years now, being your, quote, designated hitter in a game, but he was. And so he comes up two on, nobody out. And what does the designated hitter do? He bunts. He is asked to lay down what would have been just his fourth successful sacrifice bunt in his 13-year career. He does not, of course. He pushes it way too hard at the third baseman. Uh, Old friend, Jamer Candelario, who makes a nice play, throws to second, almost turns two, um, but leaves open. uh, You know, Hosmer, of course, does not move both runners, so first base is still uh, got a runner on it, which, by the way, becomes Nelson Velasquez, who pinch runs for Eric Hosmer. Not pinch hits for Eric Hosmer, pinch runs for Eric Hosmer, who was the designated hitter and who bunted. Need I remind you of these things? And Patrick Wisdom, unfortunately, double play grounder to end it. I kind of hit a switch flip during that inning. And it is not that I'm going to be making any new points than I've been making uh, at Bleacher Nation and obliquely here on the pod for the last couple weeks, but it reached a point where it felt very specific that it is bullshit that Hosmer is on the roster and is being tasked with being the designated hitter and is bunting in the ninth inning of a one run game with two runners on and nobody out when that could have been Matt Mervis in that spot and at a minimum by the way Hosmer had a terrible game overall didn't hit at all in the whole game at a minimum if the Cubs lose and they had had Mervis in that spot, at least we would not be able to have this conversation now that the Cubs are operating on the basis of five years of information that tells them that they are wrong in what they are doing right now. Now you go. (laughs) Um, Okay. There's, like, I've, I've also shifted my thinking the past week, I'd say, um... Although I'm trying to, you know, really look at this uh, in a detached view and try and understand where everyone's coming from, including fans, because I think fans get a little more heated and and angry about this stuff than I prefer to or I think is um, needed. But also, that's what fans do. So I'm not it's not as much a criticism as uh, just like not how I react to things. Uh that specific situation I want to talk about, I think when your team is scuffling offensively like the Cubs have been for about a week now, I understand the bunt, okay? Let's forget Eric Hosmer is there. Let's forget that he could be replaced by someone. I'm just talking about the specific situation. I understand the bunt. And I we're understand not pitch hitting. We're forgetting, yeah. that he, we're forgetting that he never has sack bunted in his career we're forgetting that yeah part well too, right? he, i mean there there's not a lot of options of guys who have sack bunted a ton my guess uh, like i haven't looked it up but my guess is there weren't a lot of options to go pinch hit for someone and almost i don't like love the idea almost like it's a bad idea to sack bunt then maybe you know if you don't have any <laughs> no, good options well, to do it maybe don't do it i i like i mean a veteran should be able to bunt <laughs> like i i just think he should be able to do that I think it's fine to bunt there when you're scuffling so bad that you're just like, I need this run. Um, in theory, I, I don't want to pinch hit for someone to bunt. Uh, if you're going to pinch hit, swing away. Uh, 
if the decision was to bunt, I'm fine with that. The 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 problem comes when he can't when he doesn't execute it, and now you have to pinch run for him because you need a better runner to try and avoid a double play or score from first, whatever it may be. Uh, if he executes the bunt, it's second and third. You're not pinch running for anyone. He's out. Um, a double play isn't uh, part of the equation. Uh, I have to admit, I, I meant to re-watch the game. Uh, I was listening to it on the radio because I had to pick my daughter up from dance, so I missed the end. Uh, I'm not sure if, if they're playing in do you think that's a hit for wisdom, Brett? Uh, or like, does it get through? Is it one of those? Because I I saw that it was hard hit. I'd have to go back and look because I was okay. pretty blinded in my yes. rage at that. Fair point. enough. Fair enough. I'm just saying, like, I had already start, is Let's just different. say I had already started writing some things at that. Yeah, moment. everything is different if he executes that bunt. I don't think the bunt is egregious. I understand fans' frustrations with Eric Hosmer being on the roster. I think we're at a point where it's about that time. It's been five weeks. Uh, you've given him a leash. I think, at minimum, we need to see Morell very soon. How you figure out playing time, I think that's, um, you know, I'd like to see more Nelson Velasquez. I think he's he, he's in the lineup today, that Thursday, against a lefty. I think it's it starts to get complicated as far as playing time. I know fans just are just are just saying get everybody up here. I I do believe it gets a little complicated. Do you want to add Mervis or do you want to add Ed Morrell? I I don't think you add them both right now. I do think there's some value, and I know fans just don't want to hear this of being able to like when you're in a moment like this to call someone up, right? So you don't bring up the whole group of 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 minor leaguers so you kind of you know you stagger this i think it makes sense to push pull like as we've been saying brett pull one of those levers right now if it's not today even if they even if they win today it doesn't sound like it's it's today considering uh, you know the pre-game chatter we've seen uh we've seen on twitter from uh from dc i think something needs to happen i don't think there's any denying that right now um yeah the frustration of this week makes a lot of sense to me i will say this i think fans are ready there, there's a certain group of fans that are like well this is just who they are they can't hit in the clutch all these things i don't i don't think that's the case i understand the frustration and and why you why it's such an immediate visceral reaction but I, I wanted to look some things up, right? There, they are before the this road trip. They had a one twenty four weighted runs created plus with runners in scoring position. I want to say it was like one fifteen, one sixteen, uh, just in all situations, right? So a little bit better. You you expect that to regress, right? Not not an insane amount. Well, it's regressed an insane amount. A one oh five overall this week, I believe, is what I saw. Eighteen. 18 with runners in scoring position. So if, if people don't know what waiter runs creative plus is, that's terrible. That's far and away dead last. I think that's mostly bad luck. They're hitting the ball hard, a little rise in, in ground balls. Um, but I think they are an average to maybe slightly above average offense, which brings us back to get one of these guys up. 
I think it's time. I think it, Hosmer has when when you talk about why is Hosmer at DH, why is Hosmer playing? Hosmer's playing because he's on the roster, okay? He's playing because I think there was an expectation when he came here and signed that he'd be playing regularly, right? He, They don't believe he's the best defensive first baseman, so to play regularly, occasionally, he's going to be the DH. At a certain point, this needs to change, and I think it, it like I said, it's five weeks in, what did like what like, we're always on like a different timeline right fans are going to be faster than everyone to want change right and then eventually the media if, if they're being rational will be like all right this is getting to a point where we need to see some change and then eventually the front office will make the move right this is not something where we're like they're never going to make this move this isn't going to happen why not it's going to happen i just i'm curious as to their timing of it and how they want to time it up I think it's pretty simple to get Morel up here. I don't think that's complicated. And I think how you make that work is you kind of reduce. That's when you reduce Hosmer's playing time. I wonder if that's going to happen. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I am I'm. don't know. I just don't know if that's going to happen. And I, and I can't really say anything to be like, to either disagree with fans anger right now or to assuage it in any way, <laughs> if that, if that's fair. Yeah, I think any clear-headed fan would concede there is a reality at play here that it would be very difficult to accommodate full playing time for both Morel and Mervis. It really is simple math if you look around at the guys that you do want playing regularly. And that playing time is is tough. It's tough to figure out right now. That's um, certainly true. One is very easy to accommodate. It could be Morel because you can move guys around. It could be Mervis it, because that's more of a one-to-one. Um, but yes, I think um, th- there's a conversation to be had there. I want, however, to circle back to something that I've been thinking a lot about this week. And it's this idea of bad luck happens in baseball. And that's true. Sometimes you're on the very unlucky end of several games in close succession that just... It's not a reflection of your talent. It's not a reflection of the things you did or didn't do on the field. It's just sometimes shit happens. And that is um, that is the reality individually of a lot of these games this past week. Certainly all three in Miami that could have gone the other way. It just sort of happens. Uh, certainly the two losses, again, taken individually in Washington could be that way. Um, and I'm usually, I think people will, who know me well would say this, I'm usually the one who's making that point. I'm usually saying, look, you might hate this reality about this sport that we love, but baseball has more good and bad luck baked into it than any other sport. That's why there's 162 games, because you need more uh, playing time to sort out what's real and what's not. But here's the thing. I uh, am much less inclined to wrap everyone in the nice warm blanket of bad luck when the team is not doing everything they can to mitigate the impact of bad luck. And it is clear, it is crystal clear that they are not. Now, they may have good reasons. You may be able to sit them down in a room and Jed and Carter might say, look, here's the the reality. We're, We're considering this, 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 and this, and see, so it makes sense. Okay, but at some level, you are overcomplicating things. You are not simply stepping back and saying, wait a minute. Who are the guys that can help us win games right now when we are a 500 team that maybe people didn't expect us to be? Every win in the first half is critically important. 
are we really doing the things to ensure without harming the future? Because by the way, there's nothing in these decisions that's a serious risk to harming the future. Okay, so you got to throw that one out. Are we really doing the things to give ourselves a chance to take bad luck as much off the table as we can? And they're not. And that is what frustrates me so much about a week like this, because I'm not going to sit here and tell you, ah, you know, if the Cubs had Morell and Mervis up and they did X and Y, they would have won three of these games. I think that's the wrong way to talk about these things. I don't blame folks that do, but I don't talk about it that way. I just say, we can't know what would have happened. The only information we have is what actually happened, which is the Cubs lost these games. Those go in the standings. They stay. They don't go anywhere. You can't change them. That sucks. And then from there, we have a situation where you need to be doing one of two things. You either need to be playing certain guys because it gives you the best chance to win, or you need to be playing certain guys because it's going to provide you valuable information. Right now, the Cubs aren't doing either one of those things. Because if they had Mervis and or Morell up and they were playing poorly, you're at least getting some information there. You're getting some developmental work. You're getting some future planning information. You're getting something, okay? Or if you keep up the veterans and they're playing well and you're winning games, well, you're accomplishing that. So sorry, younger guys. That's just the way it is. Well, that ain't happening either. So you are giving yourself, by choice, the worst of both worlds. And that is what is so galling after these losses, when I step back and think about what could have been is what did we, what did the organization get out of that loss last night? Nothing. They got nothing of value or future utility out of that loss last night. And that drives me crazy. Now you go. <laughs> now you go. That's, uh, that's the format, by the way, is I'm going to just Bang my table. People can't see it's a podcast, so they can't see me. I never get this hot, but I am hot. Uh, I could tell by your tweeting and your, although I think Michael was tweeting last night, or am I wrong on that? The angry Uh, ones were me. (laughs) Okay. If it was a real, if it was a real, or, and or the clever ones. Those were me also. (laughs) Um and and I and I've been reading uh, the site, so I I know I know you're upset, Brett. And and I there's a few so. I'm trying to look at this in a way where I, I think there are some things that some fans and you have been clear that this isn't your view, but I'm a little concerned that fans think Matt Mervis is going to really just be this complete difference maker in the lineup. I think the reality is this is not this is not someone who is a consensus top 100 prospect. Uh, there are a lot of questions about uh, how he'll perform at the highest level. Uh, before I continue any more of this, let me make it clear. That doesn't mean he shouldn't be up. The Cubs need to figure that out. At some point, he's 25 years old. Uh, the Cubs need to figure this out. I just uh, am a little concerned that there are unrealistic expectations being built up for what he's going to be. Uh, he is... Like, there are a lot of questions about him and his bat at the major league level. Scouts have major questions. There's a reason he's not a top 100 prospect. Am I saying he can't outperform those expectations? Absolutely not. The scouts and and the industry, when it comes to uh, Baseball America, Keith Law, uh, Fangraphs, all these guys, Kylie at ESPN, all of them, they they've been wrong, just like just like scouts have been wrong, just like um just like Jed Hoyer's been wrong, just like you and I have been wrong. Like everybody gets it wrong, uh, but I would say 
uh, Tristan Casas was a pretty much consensus like top 50 guy, right? And and he's a mess with the Reds, Red Sox right now. Uh, there's no guarantee that Matt Mervis is going to light it up. That is not a reason to not bring him up. That is not a reason uh, that Eric Hosmer should be on this roster. I'm just, I, I'm just, I, I just want people to pull back on that. Not the call for him to be up. Just the idea that he is the the difference making bat in this lineup. I have some slight concerns about uh, about um, Morel as where as well. Uh, the swing and miss is still really high. The strikeouts are still really high. I just worry that he'll get exposed at the highest level. Go look at that AAA lineup. Everybody's hitting. So you can't just point to the numbers. I know Morel's numbers are insane. I get it. He's the best of that group right now when it comes to pure numbers. I just am a little concerned about the strikeouts. But, um, you know, Michael Talkman's hitting. Miles Mastroboni's hitting. Nobody's calling for those guys to be up. And I understand it. They're not prospects. I'm just saying just don't don't assume these guys completely change everything uh after a bad week of offense uh, i also after when what days today thursday after tuesday's loss i was really frustrated by the fact that eric Hosmer was the was the spotlight uh for for cubs twitter and everybody was complaining about him when the issue for this season going forward when it comes to Tuesday is Keegan Thompson. If Keegan Thompson's not right, that bullpen is much worse than we thought it was going to be. It has a big hole in it. I think that's a major concern going forward. Uh, I, I don't know what exactly is wrong with Keegan Thompson, but he threw strikes, but he wasn't throwing the ball where he wanted to, and he was getting hammered. So it's either walk a bunch of guys or throw it in the zone and let them hammer it. That's not a good recipe for Keegan Thompson right now. Uh, that should have been the focus after Tuesday's loss. I understand the offense is scuffling, but you need your best supposed best reliever to deliver in those moments against a weak team. Uh, he didn't come close to to keeping. He he made it a four one game, right? It was a one one game, and he gave up three runs and got one out. Uh, that that got that's not going to work. Fourth run after he. Uh... <clears throat> after he left one of his okay. runners scored too so it was actually four yeah I, I had you on the mind when i was watching that play out because you had said in the podcast earlier that day um or, or monday when we recorded that you know you were advising folks that uh, keegan thompson was not right and uh it was just a matter of <laughs> apparently a tweak from walking a bunch of guys like you said to throwing meatballs in the zone. And that's what this, this outing was, was in a way it's the same issue. It's, it's an inability to locate your pitches and have them work off of each other. And sometimes that right. manifests as non-competitive at bats that turn into walks, or sometimes it's turns into a three, two cutter. That's just right down the middle and gets smoked. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, yeah, I, I, so I have somewhat mixed feelings on, um, the import of Thompson's struggles, uh, and only because, not because you're not right, that he is a very important arm for what the Cubs are trying to do, uh, with the entire pitching staff, the way these multi-inning guys work to improve their performance, essentially of guys like Drew Smiley, um, Hayden Wisniewski, guys you don't want going through the third time. Uh, having multi-inning guys is pretty critical to being able to pull that off. And so I do agree that the Cubs are a manifestly worst, worse team if Thompson isn't working. I think I am comforted slightly by the fact that he has had struggles before, um, and specifically missing bats. I remember we used to have long conversations about what was, it was very bizarre how he had like sort of, he led baseball in uh, contact rate just by like some right. egregiously large amount. It's like, you'd look at his stuff and you'd be like, I feel like he should be missing more bats. And that's not exactly the same issue here. Although that is happening. He's not missing any bats. Um, it just makes me think, okay, maybe there is some groundwork laid to be able to work through these things. And we've seen the Cubs also with other pitchers be able to get sort of well sorted um i was mildly concerned that today the roster move to activate jamison tyone was jeremiah estrada being optioned out um i'm not saying i thought that thompson would be optioned out in order to work on his issues but i don't think it would have been shocking if he was and i also don't think it would have been shocking if the cubs were like you know we want to give estrada more of a look here in the big leagues um I'll, I'll pause on that only to note there's a lot that I really like about Estrada, but I don't think he's quite maxed out developmentally to what he can be. I think um, he still has a little to do on the fastball. That's not, it's not quite as good as it was in the first half last year, but um, setting that aside, I, I generally agree with you that not having Thompson be Thompson is a problem for what we expected this team to be. Um, but I'm, hopeful that it can be worked out and maybe the fact that they didn't option him today is is some kind of indication that they feel like okay there are going to be opportunities for him to work on this oh now you go <laughs> you didn't say now didn't you go and i was thunderous. like yes, i know more. i said i i said that's, that's my bad that's my i wasn't hot that time so i didn't i couldn't punctuate it with a with a now you go yeah so here's a, and i want to be clear this is so Mervis and Morell are going to be here, right? They'll be here at some point. So that's why when I say, like, this is an issue of 
impatience or or we want this now from the fans right like this is going to be rectified at some point um it may not be rectified in the timeline that fans want that you want that any of us really think is right but it's going to be rectified right there's no doubt that matt mervis and christopher morrell will be on this team at some point this year um unless something happens with their health right and then I the reason I think like Keegan's issues are a bigger concern is because we don't know. We don't know what he's going to be now. Like he was looked at as like, OK, you got that figured out. You know, here's a here's a key part of the bullpen. Now it's question mark. And, and anytime you feel you have something settled and it goes to a question mark, that's a concern for me. That's a long term concern for the entire season. How do you fix this? How what needs to be done to get this right? Um, and and I think uh, to your point of thinking he may get sent down, I think we're a few more bad outings or struggles uh, away from that. I, I don't know how many, but I, I don't think it, it's too far off because he just like it went from like, oh, what's up with all these walks? Oh, he's really, you know, wriggling out of jams. OK, he's got a low ERA. I almost liked seeing some balls go, go through the hole a couple times. It's like just get that BABIP up, man. I, like I don't, I, you're not gonna have a 070 BABIP all season, so so just let some <laughs> sneak through almost and 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 elevate that and then and then strike guys out. But he's not doing any of that, right? He, he it ended up being hard hit and and no no missing of bats. Uh, that so that that's kind of my where my head was at like these are things these are issues that absolutely will be resolved this Keegan Thompson one I don't know if it will be resolved so I I I feel like that's a bigger concern overall Um, it's just not a hot button topic it's not something that you can easily rally around and 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 Eric Hosmer's essentially looked at as like how Jason Hayward was right and this is really it's unfortunate that that Cubs fans so have to put up with this. You're saying Eric Hosmer is going to go to the Dodgers and start raking? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh it's it, it's unfortunate that it's gotten to this point, but it, you know, we're we're at a round where I thought a move could be made with regard to that. It, heading into the season, I had a feeling like, you know, at some point in May, if if he's still if he's struggling, if the numbers aren't good and he's I think he has a 79 way to runs created plus. I could see a DFA happening. Maybe they wait longer, right? Like I said, it's 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 always a little longer than we expect. Um, there was an oh, and and I also want to point out, like, if anybody is like saying like, what's wrong with Trey Mancini? I, I feel like you don't watch the team. Then like, it, you can look at his overall numbers; they're not great right now. He's fine. He's been raking since since he he uh, took two days off and kind of reset. Uh, so he's not a concern. He, what was wrong? Like I've talked to him about this. He, there was a lot of, um, there was some mechanical stuff, but he's, he's also, he's kind of like Kyle Schwarber in that, like when he struggles, he starts to overthink everything and he, and he really wants to succeed and he, and he doesn't just like relax and, and, and he, he needed those two days. It it allowed him to relax. It allowed him to like take all that anxiety that he was feeling like, I want to impress this awesome fan base. And, and he just let it go. And it's like, okay, go do my job. Forget about all that other stuff he was bringing out. I think he made some mistakes defensively. He's been pretty damn good at first base since Um, like he's fine. Mechanically he's right. Mentally. Now he feels a little more 
uh, calm down at the plate. I, I think he's he's going to be a solid player for them. It's just the <laughs> the never-ending Eric Cosmer issue. It's it's frustrating as someone that covers this team that I, I understand where fans are coming from, and then you know we we had years of this with Jason Hayward. And then it comes right back, and and it's it's a little it's a little maddening because it's it's similar in the sense like he hasn't been here long enough to really establish himself, but he ha- he is a good clubhouse guy. Um, the teammates like him. He's you know there's some value in like okay he's been around, he's experienced uh, winning, but he also knows what it's like when a team is losing that these things don't last forever. Like don't hang your head. But my counter to that um, is they have plenty of guys like that. Jan Gomes, Tucker Barnhart, Trey Mancini, uh, Jameson Tyon is one of those guys. Uh, I'm missing probably. I mean, Nico's turned into that guy. Dansby Swanson has been that guy. They, they have all these guys that you can point to and say, like, he gets it. He knows how to, you know, make sure if there's any young guy hanging their head in this clubhouse uh, – someone's going to put their arm around him and say, this isn't, you know, this isn't going to last, you know, we got this or however they need to be motivated, whether it's an arm around your shoulder or like a, a, you know, a foot up your ass. However, however that motivation is needed, like these, they have enough guys. So I, I don't think that's a great excuse. Um, what was the other excuse? Uh, um, oh, depth. The depth aspect is, is also <laughs> frustrating because his production is can is I, that, can I speak uh, to that? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Alfonso Rivas and Frank Schwindel can put up a seventy-nine way to runs created plus. Okay, we saw it last year. It's not I hard guess to find. What? Yeah, it, it's it's the combo of those two. Then it's the depth and the leadership aspect. But I, like I said, you have it. You have both of those covered. You can get the minimum amount from Jared Young or. Or whoever, right? Like there's, a, you know, you can experiment with others at first base. I, I, I don't like th- that this is what is holding them back. But I don't think it's something that'll hold them back much longer if this continues. We'll, we'll have to see. Uh, I'm curious what much longer means. I guess because I, I don't have an exact timeline here. But uh, you know, I, I think, it, I, this will be rectified at some point. Yeah, I think. Um... <clears throat> the the clubhouse impact is 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 non-zero and i i think that it's um it isn't something that i personally take lightly because i have increasingly bought into that idea that it does matter how much these guys enjoy each other how much they care about each other how much they work together and support each other through these things like i think that that actually does end up uh showing up on the field over the course of a whole season i do um, talent matters more, but I do think that those soft factors kind of not unlike the catching stuff we've been talking about for the better part of a year or two, that stuff matters. And so I, I don't, uh, I hate that. I feel like I'm beating up on Eric Hosmer specifically each day. That isn't, it isn't that that's what I want to be doing. It's just a matter of that is where a lot of these, it's, it's that's the confluence of a lot of the challenging parts because there aren't a lot of other areas where you could point to on this roster and say, well, there's, there's the underperformance that's costing them. There's the, the, the problem. Yeah. There's a reliever here or there we could talk about for a stretch, but the rotation by and large has been fantastic. Almost every regular in the lineup individually has been fantastic. And so 
it, it does start to feel like your phasers get focused on one guy because it really stands out and because he doesn't have to be playing every day. Even if you were on the roster and even if he's great in the clubhouse, I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know that he has to be playing as often as he is. Uh, we can leave that there, though, uh, because I agree with you that it, it is something that is going to change at some point. I think that was probably almost always in the cards. I mean, there was a hope that, it, you know, fresh start for Hosmer, maybe things turn around physically, but, um, you know, it's it's a pretty long track record of, of where he's been now. And I think he's approaching that 100 plate appearance threshold that, I'm not saying that's like the magic line, but it did kind of feel like, and I think we probably talked about this before the season, that six-week 100 plate appearance mark is where you start to have some meaningful uh, sample to be like, okay, here's where we are here. And here, and that's almost like how you'd sell it to the, the player pool of like, look, we, we really did. We were committed to giving this guy a chance. We were glad that he chose us. He could have chosen anybody, but it just didn't work out. And here's the evidence that it didn't work out. And we didn't cut bait too soon. We didn't, we didn't trick him in the, the, the pitch process to be like, Hey, choose us. We know you have other options at the league minimum. And, because I get that there's also that concern long-term when you're trying to sell other guys who have options that like, no, we're the organization that takes care of you and really cares about doing the right by the players and all that. I think that stuff matters too. Um, but as you said, and I agree, we're just getting really close to that point where it's going to be, there's no unfairness in making right. a change. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, make your, you, you got, you got the, you got the finger on the buzzer. So yeah, make it, well, make your final parting thought. Yeah, I just want to end with some positivity here because I think it, it's very easy no. to get really down. <laughs> it's very easy to get down in a stretch like this. Too, I mean, I don't think the Marlins are a bad team. They're an average team. Uh, the, the Nationals are clearly bad, and and the Cubs have at best they're going to go two and seven, uh, two and five on this seven game road trip, right? And that's that's not acceptable. I'm not I'm not making any excuses for that. If you have playoff aspirations, they have to be better than this. All of that taken into consideration. When you are if you are trying to win this year, you need starting pitching. Starting pitching has been awesome. Okay. One bad start by a guy who probably will we will not see again this season. Uh, other than that, the starting pitching has been great for a while now really in a rhythm, really looking good. It looks like you have a stud in Justin Steele. Um, I, I'm very curious to see how Tyon does today, but I won't. I don't think fans should overreact with that first start after the IL, yep. but but he seemed like he was getting coming into it, like really getting a rhythm, uh, knew how to use some of uh, the uh, like, uh, newer stuff, I'd say, that he has, uh, quickly figured it out, and, and I think that's impressive. I think – you can lean on that that was the expectation coming in we we knew there were questions about this offense it's a little bit better than hoped I I I just like the fans that are panicking or think this team stinks now or like that April was a mirage I don't think that's the case I think we have we have a team that that's really strong in the most important area in in starting pitching really strong in another really important area with defense, especially infield defense. And, uh, you know, you have that surprise factor on offense with Cody Bellinger. Would you like another one? 
in Christopher Morrell or or Matt Mervis? Absolutely, sure. I get the calls for that. I'm just saying there's a lot of stuff going right here. So it's easy to focus on a bad week of baseball. Uh, let's see if they can win this last game, even if they don't, even that they're in this rut and it continues. They got to get it right soon, right? They have to. I'm not saying like, oh, be patient, weeks on end of, of bad losses. I'm just saying one bad week doesn't change what what happened in April. We need to pay attention to uh, questionable signs or or any trends that are disturbing. Uh, but but I you don't ignore the good just because there's been some bad lately. Uh, there's a lot going right for this team, and and they can lean on that starting pitching. Um, it's unfortunate that they couldn't win some of these more of these games on this trip, but I think this team is set up to be a good scenario of what we hoped coming into the season, right? Not, not a, I don't know if they're like a powerhouse, but let's not forget also this division is not very good. The Cardinals stink. The Cardinals are God awful. Okay. And they're the one team where I was like, if they, if, if they start clicking, they, they can run away with this division. I wouldn't be too concerned about the Pirates running away with this division. And and the Brewers are good, probably better than the Cubs uh, overall because how good their pitching is. But, uh, you know, you could make the argument that, that, they, that they're not that much better than the Cubs. And, and we should see how they play. Let's see how things play out this next month or next few months because I think I think they can win this division. I do I do believe that, but obviously some some things need to go their way. That was my. I'm with you on all that to end this. Yeah, no, that's good, <laughs> and I will try not to explicitly turn that over and point out <laughs> the double-edged sword of all of that, which is of course that you know, that NL Central sucks, well, then you probably should have banked some early wins. And yep. uh, yeah, everything's no, everything's it. everything's going right, right for so many players. Oh, well, then why are you 500? Uh, you know, yeah. it's there, there's a lot of you you could play that game. And I, I'm with you. Let's let's Absolutely. not end on that. I think I think that it's there are you know, if I were taking an objective look at the roster and looking at what's what's what they've been doing, what looks sustainable, what could be coming, the depth, all these things, I would say you know, I'm pretty sure this looks like a team that's going to win more than they lose going forward. And I mean, I, that's where I would land. So I'll, I think that's, it stinks to have, have lost some games this week that were very winnable. And particularly when I don't think they were putting their best foot forward, but if this were, you know, end of spring training right now, I'd be like, this team looks pretty good. So I think that's a good place to leave it. Um, hopefully the Cubs can win it today in Washington to salvage at least this series, if not the road trip. And then back to Wrigley for the Marlins again, uh, where the Cubs will hopefully sweep them in painful one-run games across the board and end the stupid horseshoe luck of the Marlins. I don't know. I haven't seen if in the last few days they've won another one-run game, but 10-0 and in one-run games. That's not real. You can't do that. That's not real. <laughs> oh, it's so annoying. All right. This is On to Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor. You can get my stuff at Bleacher Nation. That's Sahadev Sharma. Get his at The Athletic. We will be back at you early next week to talk more Cubs. Take care, everyone. Have a great weekend.